0: podcast where we
1: discuss anything and everything disney i'm angela and i'm joe and and this is our last episode for the year What? what? so we are going to be doing a recap counting down our top favorite disney moments of 2022
0: yes we are great
1: great way to end the year here um but before we get into that we do have a little bit of disney news for the week so there is some news coming out slowly but surely from disney still so disney released their 100th anniversary merchandise so we got a first look at some of the merchandise there was a spirit jersey there's a lounge fly backpack a few other things it all was in this platinum color scheme that they're Mm -hmm. going for for the 100th anniversary merch to me at least online i want to see it in person because i imagine it's going to be more impressive in person but online it looks like it's just silver it doesn't look that impressive of a color scheme especially compared to the 50th anniversary. The 50th anniversary didn't have a lot going for it, Mm -mm. but the merch color scheme was much better.
0: Well, the iridescent, I think, is just so much more eye-catching and really beautiful, whereas the silver... But again, I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are more... like. They enjoy simple colors better. And so they might really gravitate towards that silver. I will say there were two items in there that stuck out to me. If I wasn't trying to not spend money, I would buy the spirit jersey. I thought that the spirit jersey is pretty cute. Not the best spirit jersey I've ever seen, but I like all the characters on the back. They're in the old style, um, like the they're drawn in the old style, so it's like a more old style. And I hit like Mickey, Minnie. Um, it has all of the characters on the back of the spirit jersey, which is really cool. And even like Tinker Bell's on it, and then the other thing that I really like, and if I wore my ears more often, I would totally buy these. I mean, I I'm wearing my- like your
1: actual ears, like <laughs> you, like you're like Mr. Potato Head, yeah. and you can take your ears off uh, if you don't want to wear them. You're talking about then I had I'm like oh wait no, we're talking Disney. This is a Disney podcast. You mean mini ears? Okay, please but continue. But I
0: love the mini ears that are they are you know black ears, but then they have. Um, it basically looks like pa- like paint dripping off of it, so like silver paint dripping off of them. They look really cool. I'm pretty sure if I see them in the parks, I will probably buy them and then they can join my collection of mouse sears that sit in my uh, you know my drawer that I don't usually bring to Disney when I go.
1: Yeah, like I said, definitely want to see next time we go to the parks, like in January, hopefully some of this merchandise is out in the mm-hmm. parks so we can see it. Because I, I imagine it'll be much more impressive in person because you know, maybe it shimmers, maybe it looks a little bit different in the light. You're not going to see that from a photo on the internet. Um, but overall, a little underwhelmed, at least to start for the first round. So some merchandise I am excited about. Over at Trader Sam's, they're having a special... Tiki Room inspired mug. It's Jose from the Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, he has his own mug. It comes uh, if you order one of two special drinks. The first day, it's it's available now. They had like wristband distribution. I think they're trying to avoid <laughs> the issues they've had with like these popcorn the buckets, yeah, popcorn and bucket. other things in the past where you know there's seven or eight hour lines. So you know they have wristband distribution. This is one thing I'm hoping. Again, it's still available in a few weeks. Yeah. These things tend to sell out quickly um but i'm hoping that when we're there for marathon weekend in a few weeks we're staying at the polynesian it'd be nice if we could get our hands on one of these Um, but this looks pretty cool
0: yeah i would love one of these i mean i think besides the haunted mansion um, the tiki room is my favorite of the classic rides i just i don't know there's something about it and i mean it's so simple and i tend to not necessarily love like the old-timey rides that were more, like, original to the park that seem dated. But something about the Tiki Room and just how great the songs are, like, I always have to go. So I would love this piece of merch. I think it's awesome. And, or any piece of Tiki Room merch. I don't have any. Like, I have many Haunted Mansion shirts, but no Tiki Room shirts. And that needs to change. Yeah, I
1: need to get some Tiki Room stuff.
0: Do they have a spirit jersey for the Tiki Room? Because I want it.
1: I don't know. I'm, not, I want I'm not sure if they have that or not. We'll have to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then sticking with Walt Disney World, they announced that the new restaurant in Toy Story Land, the Rodeo Roundup Barbecue, will be opening in uh, spring of 2023. Um, and this is interesting because in January of this year, they announced that it was going to be open in 2022. So they basically had all year to get it open. Uh, and like most everything that's happening in mm-hmm. Walt Disney World right now, it's getting delayed. So it's not going to be open until spring of 2023. They did announce some pictures from inside the restaurant. It looks very much like the queue of Toy Story Mania. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it has that feel of, of toys and games inside of there. You could have told me that was pictures of the queue, and I would have believed you. So it doesn't look much different than that, which I think is, I mean, it's obviously on brand with Toy Story Land, but it's interesting that it doesn't have like its own, unique theme to it that it again is it's just a bunch of toys kind of together um and again these are early pictures So we are there's...
0: talking about toy story though
1: <laughs> right but what i'm saying is it's it seems like odd like toy story mania nah, is a I bunch of you. toys this seems like it's a bunch of toys like I, I don't know of a you would think they would theme it a little bit differently like slinky dog dash has its own very unique well, theme because it's the playset for slinky dog dash you would think right. this would have some sort of theme like that
0: yeah, that's interesting. I almost, I don't know. I, I always like love to just speculate, you know, who, the people in charge, like, do they nix the stories? Like, I know that a lot of the Disney attractions have stories behind them. So I almost wonder if they're like, ah, forget the story, like, you know, just go with this theming. Um I don't know i i don't know i just
1: i definitely expect more because it's rodeo roundup barbecue i expect more rodeo themed more more centered on woody again didn't really see that as much in these photos that came out not to say that's not going to be there but like i feel like that's what i was expecting more of like more woody and bullseye and things like that where i don't think these initial photos uh really showed that but again earlier this year they promised us 2022 now it's spring 2023 we'll see if they hit that date who knows
0: i'm hoping for lots of bullseye i like bullseye
1: yeah bullseye is pretty cool he's and he's underutilized i feel like mm-hmm. in the park. yeah
0: i think he's my favorite toy story character that is and he's definitely
1: underutilized for sure. So, all right. So let's jump into our main topic this week. So counting down our favorite stories, things that happened related to Disney, either in the parks or the movies or on Disney plus for the year. So kind of, we each have five, probably some overlap here. Uh, I do have an honorable mention and that's the Galactic Star Cruiser opening because that opened this past year. Uh, it And we got to go there a few weeks ago. It's an incredible experience. So, that definitely, I feel like, has the potential, You know, maybe not next year, maybe not two years from now, but I think that has the potential to have a big impact on the theme park industry. If Universal decides to make a hotel, kind of the same idea of fully immersive hotel, Disney does it with another property. We, we talked about in our recap episode, some other properties it could work with. So I think that has the potential to have a pretty big impact. Uh, this year, obviously a lot of fanfare when it opened, but after that, not much of an impact, but it was a lot of fun. So that's kind of my honorable mention uh, going into this year. So my top five Disney events, news items, whatever you want to call it, that happened this year. I will start with number five, something we just talked about in the news, the Figment Popcorn Bucket. The, the, this story that came out, uh, I think it was February uh, of this year, so it was early in the year. It was one of like the first big Disney news stories when this Figment Popcorn Bucket dropped. Like I mentioned in the news, there were seven to eight-hour lines for people in Epcot to get this popcorn bucket. It was wrapped all around Epcot. People were not waiting in line for rides. They were waiting in line for a popcorn bucket. It sold out in like two days. It was an awesome popcorn bucket, first of all. Figment's a great character. You put that all together. That's how you get this you know, insane fandom and in demand for it. The story itself kind of took on a life of its own because everybody was covering it of like, why are these people waiting in line this long? What is happening? Disney ultimately kind of had to change how they sold these things where you know it became, then came like mobile order because they didn't want people waiting in line because you're seven hours in line. And then it's like, oh, I'm sorry. We're sold out for the day and you just wasted your whole day. So uh, it definitely kind of took... Disney by Storm and the fandom. Um, so that that's definitely one of my favorite stories this year
0: and it's interesting too because Disney's moved to do that with more things like um I don't know if we've I think we did mention this a week or two ago with the in news but with the marathon now there's a lot of digital queuing that they're allowing to like they're having you do for all the of, merch and yeah stuff, for yeah. the merch so that you don't have to stand on lines for long I know when we've gone in the past there weren't crazy lines for the merch but I imagine that if you go early or if you
1: we've never gone um, marathon weekend though yeah and that's the I mean that's the big weekend we've right. never done a marathon Weekend, I'm nervous race, about so. that
0: because I want a like, I want merch because I mean, I don't think I'm gonna do the dopey challenge very many times, right. Ever, so this might be the one and only time I do it. It was a lot of prep, so yeah, I, I, I want it all, so I hope, yeah, I, so you I'm want a lot to, to remember about, it. It. yeah, exactly.
1: Right. All right, my fourth story is the theme park news, and this is kind of a dual one, so it's the big theme park news that came out and that was that Happily Ever After is returning and Harmonious is going away. So the two big nighttime shows that they created for the 50th anniversary don't last longer than the 50th anniversary. I thought
0: you were going to say the big nightmare shows. I
1: mean, yeah, they're <laughs> nightmares for Disney um, because they did not do well. So, so that was pretty big and shocking news coming out of D23, but then kind of on the other side of that, just the general lack of theme park news. So like we talked about, the Rodeo Roundup barbecue was supposed to open this year. It's getting delayed. Um, Tron, delayed. I mean, like, when is Tron going to open? The Splash <laughs> Mountain Redo. We heard about it, and then we heard nothing about it. Then you it's like... Bits and pieces. Yeah, okay. It's going to, I think, start in 2023, it seems like, but who knows what happens. So it seems like we got a couple big pieces of news in terms of the nighttime shows, which was very exciting. But just overall, there was just a general lack of news i mean even like the moana attraction that sounds like that's gonna be late 2023 i mean they've been they've had the middle of epcot torn up for it feels like three or four years now
0: so can i i didn't really think to ask you before now but i know they showed tafiti on their page. So that isn't something that's like actually open for people to see in the parks or? No,
1: that's that's in there. They still have like a year left to go to build this okay, thing so and open th- it up. Okay, that's done. That that's thing, done. that is yeah, you, done. Yeah, you can see it on the monorail for sure. I mean, it's 16 feet tall. So if you're on the monorail, you can see over the construction walls you may be able she to see great, it from the park. The yeah. So if you yeah.
0: haven't checked out Disney's Instagram, Tafiti De- looks exactly like the animated version of herself brought to life. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, but but I think I mean, really the driving factor is here just the lack of news. It's it's almost amazing how much stuff either wasn't announced. I mean, D23 was completely underwhelming in what they announced. I mean, they basically had to fill in time with blue sky projects just to have Something to say, otherwise, it would have been a very short panel. And just the fact that, like, everything we thought we were going to get release dates on, it's just like, hey, it's going to be next year. Like, everything was supposed to happen this year. That even at the beginning of the year, they said, you know, Rodeo Roundup Barbecue is opening in 2022. And then the middle of December, when everybody's like, well, I don't think it's going to open in two weeks, they're like, yeah, it's going to be 2023. But even that, we don't have an exact date. I mean, and you don't have an exact date on Tron yet either. Like, it's it's pretty amazing just how little they had ready to go and just how like these theme parks you have to constantly have something new to announce to keep people interested and the fact that they basically had a year where nothing solid got announced i think we're gonna look back on this and be like in three years from now whenever the parks are hurting potentially because there's not new attractions it's gonna be like well it's because they didn't announce anything for a year. You can't really have a year where just nothing happens.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, you know, <laughs> I think we, we learned that there are some major problems within the company, and you can definitely see that by the lack of, you know, creativity. Maybe things were starting to, the balls were starting to roll, and then they were, like, they stopped them, or um, they, ha- we were ha- they were having an issue with, like, creativity um, or lack thereof, or creativity being inhibited. So there's definitely, you know story there with this because I don't think that it's typical for the company.
1: No, definitely. All right. So getting to number three. So I think this was a a big theme again. So not necessarily one specific story, but kind of a big theme for me. And that's that Disney Plus really hit its stride this year. I feel like this was the year Disney Plus really became like a full-fledged streaming service. So The first couple years, obviously, Disney Plus was great. A lot of people signed up for it. That was obviously driven by a few shows, though. You had The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. like That really drove it. Marvel obviously had a few shows. But I feel like you watch Disney Plus because you knew, hey, this big show came out. It wasn't like they had a huge back catalog to it yet like Netflix did. But I feel like now this year there's there's so much on there i feel like i'm going on and be like oh, i forgot this show came out or that mm-hmm. show came out like we still haven't watched Andor yet you know the mm-hmm. national treasure show uh came out last week and dropped a couple episodes we haven't watched that yet like i feel like now it's hitting its stride there's so much going on to it um it, it's you know amazing so obviously some of the shorts like cars road trip i am groot zootopia plus that all came out this year marvel had a great run with miss marvel she hulk then they had the uh, the special presentations, Werewolf by Night, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Um, plus, you had Hocus Pocus 2, Turning Red. Star Wars had Andor and Obi-Wan. The Willow series came out. I mean, again, there's so much on there, so much we haven't watched. And I feel like the past couple years was an event show, an event movie came out, you watched it immediately. And now it's just they're getting to the point where, yes, they have so much content. And it's like there's plenty to watch that now you're almost missing what's on Disney+. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um- you know, one interesting thing to kind of think about when it comes to this, too, is that this is a year without The Mandalorian. We had no new Mandalorian content this year because I think well, that we it had came Boba out, Fett. Yeah, but I mean, The Mandalorian. Which basically
1: became a half season of The Mandalorian <laughs> yeah, that is true. there that a little is bit. True. Yeah, so. That
0: is true. But I mean, that was the show that really carried Disney Plus at first. And this year it's been... You know, that's been completely absent. I even checked to see when The Bad Batch came out, and it was actually 2021, so that didn't come out this year. Season
1: two is going to be January of next year. Which is
0: crazy, because that's also when season two of uh, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom comes out, because I checked that, because I'm very excited about that. So yeah, there's just a constant stream, uh, no pun intended, of really good content coming out on there that... You're always kind of wanting a little bit more, like it, it, it's giving you a little bit more of Disney and and the Disney magic. So I yeah, I've enjoyed it. When did the Doug cartoons come out? Do you remember? Was that 2021? Oh, I don't that know. That might
1: have been that might have been late last year uh, or this year. I'm not 100 percent sure. On those that. were choice. I, but you bring up a good point. So even good. with like the the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, I haven't heard anything about that. And there's a new season coming out. Early next year, and so again, it's it's the fact that like they have so much content on there. Like you, you, before, it really was like they had to really hype up what's new because they had to keep subscribers. And I think now they finally have enough content that they're going to keep you. And I think it just goes to show, obviously, you know they're, they're raising prices because they're trying to make it profitable. It's still pretty inexpensive compared to the other streaming services, and they are starting to get a, a, a back catalog. But I think. Like this is the year it starts to turn, and there's only going to be a few streaming services that went out. Like, like you're not going to have. I mean, HBO Max seems to be dying, and it seems to be because Discovery is kind of pulling all of the shows off of it. So who knows how much longer that lasts? But you're not going to have Paramount Plus, HBO Max, Netflix, uh, Hulu, Disney Plus. Like, you're not going to have all of these streaming services. They're not all going to be able to survive, but you know, you, you need a lot of content and you need stuff to keep people interested and engaged and, and to the point where it's now, it's like, yeah, there's so much on there that now you can stro- scroll through Disney Plus and find stuff you didn't know existed. Whereas before, I wouldn't go on to Disney Plus Unless I knew there was something I wanted to watch, because it was it was tentpole shows. Now it's I'm going on there. Oh, that's right! I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Oh my gosh! Look at all this stuff I have to watch, and that's really when you have people captivated, and that's really where you start to see kind of like the fruits of your labor from building that catalog.
0: Yeah, we haven't talked about even any of the Nat Geo shows, which I can get to whenever I get to
1: my list. Yeah, exactly. All right, number two for me, a similar theme like Disney Plus hitting its stride. So. You know, like kind of things going well for the Disney company. Number two for me was Marvel's kind of return to form. So you had uh, at the theater Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, which was a great movie, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which really both of those felt like returns to form for big Marvel blockbusters. Great storytelling, great characters, great movies. If you want to throw in, if we're talking, not 2022, but we're talking the last 12 calendar months, we could throw in Spider-Man No Way Home because that came out in December of 2021. So if you throw that in there, again, that's three incredible movies that Marvel basically came out with in 12 months between Spider-Man, Doctor Strange 2, uh, and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And then we also got the big announcements for where this multiversal saga is going, and it's going to culminate with Secret Wars, which I think is... The movie, most people were looking forward to after Avengers Endgame. like If they're going to top Endgame with all of those heroes coming together, the, the, the only thing I think you can do is Secret Wars, where you are now are going to have those heroes and villains from across all the different multiverses, all the different timelines coming together as one, which will then allow... Marvel to kind of reset the timeline completely uh, and potentially mix in the Fox X-Men timeline, maybe mix in Deadpool, kind of reset some things. Maybe Robert Downey Jr. comes back as Iron Man, which I think would be uh, incredible. You could have Captain America maybe playing the human, uh, not Captain America, sorry, Chris Evans playing Captain America and the Human Torch in the same movie. Like There are so many things you can do with this uh, with Secret Wars that I think again, Marvel had a couple years where the movies weren't the best, you know, the black widow movie was good, but it was essentially a prequel. Like it, it took place in a time where black widow was still alive. And, and so the stakes maybe weren't there. Um, and it wasn't necessarily pushing the whole timeline forward as much versus, you know, what they kind of came out with this past year and really a true return to form for them.
0: Yeah. They, they, they had a lot of really great shows that came out. For me, She Hulk was a really huge highlight. I think that anytime Marvel does any show that is self referential and kind of makes fun of itself, I actually really enjoy that. And they do this, and like Disney does this kind of a lot now. Like they kind of did this with Moana. They did it, they've done it on. A number of different projects that I can't even remember at this point but I always think it's kind of funny whenever they point to themselves and laugh about it and I thought She-Hulk t- struck a really nice balance of like being serious but also being funny you had the, the fourth wall being broken in that show a lot. But also, you know, how you had a social commentary running through the whole thing about, you know, how females are treated different than males. And it was just a really interesting show. And it struck a really interesting balance between kind of, you know, hey, this is a superhero series. And hey, like, we also are in the real world. So there's a lot like real world implications or things that we want to comment on about the real world. Um The only series I can really think of that did that a lot and really well. Besides that was the um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. They did a really nice job of having that social commentary running through there as well. So, yeah, I really I, I loved those. Werewolf by Night was really interesting, really cool. If you haven't checked that out yet, make sure that you do because, you know, it's a nice, like, 40 minutes. You sit down, it's done, but it is just – it's a really – You know, shot in almost all black and white. It just has a really interesting aesthetic to it. Again, it feels very different than everything else. It's not one of those ones. You know, sometimes when I go to the Marvel movies, sometimes I'm like, ah, this just feels... This feels monotonous a little bit at this point. Yeah, those special presentations, I think, are a game changer for them. So it did feel like a breath of fresh air and something different and special.
1: So my top thing that happened this year and I think this is probably everybody's uh, number one, because it's the most shocking thing. I think it's the thing everybody's been saying for a while now, but it's Bob Iger's return uh, and the fact that Bob Chapek is out as the CEO. Um, I think that is the most shocking thing and the most newsworthy thing to happen. I also think that probably has the biggest implications. As much as we talked about Again, lack of theme park news and you know Disney Plus hitting its stride and Marvel's return. I mean, having a change like that at the top of the company, bringing Bob Iger back, uh, who is definitely uh, much more focused on the kind of creative side of things, and now having him back with this mandate of he has to find a successor, which I don't think he's only lasting two years. I think he's going to be there a lot longer. I think if people really think he's going to find a successor – and they're going to transition in two years. I think you're kind of kidding yourselves. Um, so we'll, that remains to be seen. But I think that's the that's the story of the year that just you know came out this past month. But that really overshadows almost everything that happened before it because it's almost like whatever happened before it, good or bad, now could be completely different because there's somebody else calling the shots at the top and you don't know, did they agree or disagree with those previous decisions? So, you know... Again, looking at okay, happily ever after coming back. I'm not. I don't think Bob Iger is going to reverse that decision. But you could look at that and he could say, no, I I like the new show, which I don't think he would do that. But hey, I liked I liked the you know, enchantment that we made. I don't want to bring happily ever after back, and, and that could be completely changed. You know, we haven't heard a lot about it, so you know that could be in there. But but I think you you almost have to look at every decision or everything that happened uh, through a different lens now of okay, what's this really mean for the future of the company going forward? And really, what's going to be the focus over the next, again, if he's really only got two years, how's he going to make a a huge impact in kind of two years here?
0: Disney would never do this because I don't think they ever really let you in this much, but this would make a fantastic documentary. You know, like, almost like a dramatic movie where you're like, and it could be called Successor or something, and then they can just create a whole series on, you know, Bob Iger, like, F- trying to find the correct oh, successor. Oh, finally. Yeah, uh, successor I thought, the I thought you were saying
1: about with Chapek with and the switchover. No. Because I was just, I think that happened so fast. I, I don't know if there's enough of a story I kind like, of imagined- but Bob Iger picking the next... CEO. i
0: kind of imagine him picking the next ceo as like what happens when there's a new black panther you know like they go to the edge of that like waterfall and then well, they have, they have to fight. have like the, the have fight, like fight wrestling match yeah yeah like i kind of i don't know i think that would be a really cool dramatic scene in the new show successor that i'm pitching to disney plus um but yeah i think they it, need content they do they do but I, I just i think it would be a really interesting Thing for them to put on there.
1: <laughs> you, I have to feel like the fact that Bob Iger's back and he's only got two years, I have to feel like they already have two or three people that they think could be CEO because two years isn't enough time to evaluate who's going to be the CEO and kind of get them trained and ready to take over. If you don't already have somebody that you feel is ready to go and and kind of you you have an idea like you got to pick somebody soon like i would have to imagine within the next 6 months we're probably going to get some sort of inclination or announcement that this person or these two people are the front runners because you got to kind of have an announcement by the end of 2023 to then give a year of transition for them to take over at the end of 2024, if you're really going to hold to this two-year thing. So, if we don't hear, I think in, in six months, you know, by say June or July of next year, who's going to be CEO or kind of the top two contenders? I don't know that you're going to be able to pick somebody and have a lot of confidence that they're going to be ready to take over by the end of 2024.
0: I do want to go back real quick though to the idea that you had, uh, what you were saying about, you know, you don't really know where. Bob Iger stands on some of these things coming out and that is part of why it's so interesting that there's so little news coming out right now and kind of going back to what I was saying before where there was a problem with like the creative department and you don't know you know we don't know what it is exactly my thought was that they were inhibited Um, again knowing nothing this is just a guess but they were inhibited or kind of you know Restricted in some way, and so I'm almost wondering if now they're taking the time to look at all those projects that are maybe in the pipeline and reassess them and say, Okay, well, where is it that you needed more support? How can we give you more support? What you know, what can we do so that we can make this the best thing that's coming out instead of just pumping out stuff? I think that the priorities are definitely shifting and probably going back to that again. All of this is just stuff going on in my head and I have no support for it but it is really interesting thinking about how little news there's been and I almost like you know if you're Bob Iger I I don't know they're not going to have another D23 like this year but
1: well next year 2023 they're having the destination D23 in Orlando so Mm -hmm. September I think it's September uh, in Orlando they have the destination D23 so there will be uh, a, a forum to announce some stuff for the theme parks because I think that one is more towards like theme park you know based and more towards Walt Disney World so yeah I, I would expect them to announce a lot of stuff there because again if they don't announce anything there that means they really have nothing ready to go um, and they are years away from having kind of anything new
0: yeah I, I'm, I'm just it's it's a very curious thing this whole thing has been what you would assume would be a positive change, I think. But it's just been a really interesting shake-up in the company. And I mean, Disney's definitely had a few of
1: these yeah and, and again it it's the biggest news story of the year but yeah I mean, sure. I mean whether it's it's your top kind of thing that happened it's the biggest news story that happened at Disney this year yeah
0: well speaking of whether it's your top or not uh, I, I'll give my list and my number one is Bob Iger returning to yeah, Disney again, yeah I th- yeah I think it's
1: a thing You, you everybody's gonna talk about yeah
0: so I, honestly my my list very much mirrors your list because I really do feel like this was a year of not a whole lot going on to talk about for me though and you've already mentioned this my number two thing was the star cruiser one just it coming out them you know kind of revolutionizing the way that hoteling is done and proposing a new solution to it bringing something like basically larping into the mainstream i really think it works it's really exciting it is you know everything that i ever wanted out of anytime i played you know dungeons and dragons like it just building a world that is both believable and enjoyable and Um, you know, being able to interact with it. I mean, I think that Dungeons and Dragons has this, you know, ability to be even more expansive because you can go in many more directions, but it really does a pretty nice job at doing that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's this perfect combination of immersive theater, LARPing, vacation, you know, a hotel together, and it, like, it is the evolution of theme parks. And I think that's why it's so amazing because, you know, when, when a theme park started, it was you could go and see your favorite characters from TV and from movies, and you could somewhat interact with those lands. Like, if, if you think about, like, Hogsmeade, like, that's kind of, was, like, the next step from, like, basic theme parks of, like, the original Disneyland type thing. You know, you're you're somewhat of a a passive member of that still and so this is kind of like the next level of it where you are immersive you're active in your own story and you're active in the story that happens and to me I think this is more opportunity and this is what I'd rather see versus like the metaverse like like oh yeah there's a lot of talk about Westworld it's Westworld it's exactly what I think it was was Michael Crichton murder and everything well yeah but (laughs) all the robots turning on you
0: Absolutely. But I mean, it is really great. And speaking of Michael, Michael Crichton, I'm pretty sure is is the writer of that. He also wrote Jurassic Park, which I just realized right now would be fantastic for like, you know, a hotel themed around Jurassic Park. How cool would that be? Like, hey, we've created a park and you get to go and interact with these dinosaurs. Oh my gosh, there's been a breakout like I think that would be a really cool idea. We didn't think about that for our, you know, yeah, that, what that other would properties cool would this apply to. But, yeah, anyway. but that's
1: what, like, you know, people are talking like, oh, you know, metaverse, metaverse and theme parks. And, and Disney's talked about this of, you know, using, you know, Disney Plus to kind of be the metaverse and, and give people a way in virtual reality experience to theme parks. Like, to me, I would much rather have this immersive experience. And and again, be an active participant in it because I guess in the metaverse you can somewhat be an active participant, but it's but so you're hard. Sitting. To, yeah, you're, it's not. It's so hard it's to customize sedentary. the storylines.
0: It's sedentary. It's it is it's ready player one, and I don't think the world wants to go well, there. And
1: I guess and and I mean the other thing too. I mean you know the metaverse. I mean it's it's. It's still it's virtual reality. You know, you're not in a costume. You're it's not, not real. Yeah, you don't have that interaction. So I, I would much rather we go down this path. And I think yeah. to your point, I mean, this is somewhat of a of a sea change in terms of again, this is kind of the evolution of theme parks where they can go because technology can make things possible and you can build these, you know, hotels that are essentially movie sets that kind of keep you fully immersed in there. Um again, it just remains to be seen what else is they're going to do this with. Because it's only Disney, it's only Universal that's going to do this. You're not going to see Six Flags or somebody else you know, do this or SeaWorld. And you've got to have mega, mega IP properties. And again, there's only a handful of properties that can do this. I think there are a few more that you could do this with. And I hope they do have this because I think this is a really cool experience. I think that's the only problem with it is, is it's limited. Whereas you know, a theme park, you can build a theme park on anything. This is, is definitely much more limited.
0: So my third thing that I really enjoyed about this year was the movie Turning Red. I thought, you know, I only watched it once. So my memory of it isn't super great. However, I do remember, you know, there were a lot of things about it that I really enjoyed. I think it was like a little bit inspired by anime style. So you definitely had it was it was different. It had a different sensibility to it. It was about puberty. One thing that Disney does a good job of and they don't always skirt or or don't usually skirt around is that life can be challenging, difficult. There's a lot of changes to it. I mean, you see it with the number of characters that don't have parents um, and they kind of address that loss. But one thing that they haven't addressed up to this point is like the changing of your body and how that's really like scary for kids and how, you know, like, It has this ability to have a conversation with a kid who maybe their parents don't feel comfortable or have a conversation with a kid and let them know, hey, this isn't like super weird. You're not a monster because you're like you're you're growing up. I just really love the messaging behind turning red. And I think that personally, like my personal philosophy is that, you know, when you have kids. Give They can handle the difficult stuff. They want to know that difficult stuff. And if you skirt around it and pretend like it doesn't exist, you know, you don't have to like force it on them. But at the same time, if you pretend like it doesn't exist, then they get blindsided. Rather, rather than you saying, hey, you know, this is something that's going on and you might have picked up on it. Let's talk about it. And I think that they do a really good job of that, so I I'm really like behind that philosophy, and I I just loved the movie, and also I mean there were some great songs, you know those Boys for Now songs were bops, and it was just a, it was a fun movie. I I enjoyed it through and through, and of course like May May as a red panda, I mean adorable. They have, they're making a lot of more merch for that right now, and they're great. So love it. My fourth thing on my list is you know going back to kind of what you said about Disney Plus. I am going to focus more on the Nat Geo content just because, um, you know, there's a large desire for me. I teach all, you know, I teach all day. And then sometimes I really enjoy coming home and learning like adult things, things that, you know, I don't. No, like i don't know because you've always liked
1: animal facts too like yeah, you've, you've always not- been into like animal planet nat geo like mm-hmm. learning about the right. world and animals right. and, and stuff like that so right
0: i mean nat geo i haven't actually watched a lot of the animal content on there i mean but this year they've got they've given us limitless which i would sit and probably binge the show but i I'm trying to make it last. Like when we sit down at night and watch TV, we'll watch some of the other things and I won't suggest limitless. And it's because I dread when we're done with it. I am very interested as a person in pushing your body. Like this, this is a hundred percent tailored to my interests because, you know, as I've been training for this marathon and I listen to people all the time, I listen to a bunch of like trail running podcasts or follow like trail runners and one of the big things that a lot of these people have in common is they're very interested in what can the body do how can we push the body um you know past those limits um past those mental barriers because um you know with trail running in particular ultra running they are pushing themselves to run amount like stupid miles like just stupid 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 amounts of miles you know like up till not too recently, the most that people were running on ultra races were 100 miles. Now there's ones that are 250 miles that these people are doing. Why days and days, well, and days? Why do
1: you want to run that far? That's well, my but, question. But, it's like, what's the point of doing that?
0: But and this goes back to where this show, yeah, you know, tailors to my interests. It, it's just to see see it's what to can see be done. What can I do? Yeah. What am I able to mentally cope with? You know, and kind of finding that line of like, okay, my. Am I breaking down mentally, or am I breaking down like physically? Well, like I a, can't. It's do amazing
1: to, you know, like like these shows and things are, you know, kind of almost like a study too in just like technology and and science and how mm. again like thirty years ago people could not run that far, and it wasn't mm-hmm. because. Physically they couldn't do it, but because the equipment wasn't there. Like like how far like shoe technology has come. And and even like, you know, reading Phil Knight's biography who who founded Nike like in the seventies, whenever, you know, kind of like the running revolution was taking over, it, it took over because they were able to make shoes differently. And 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 kind of when, you know, Nike they started making the running shoe that actually you know, made it not easier to run, but like you were able to run in it. It was the correct shoe for, you know, like the stride and the impact you take and how, how as we get better at technology, like we have you know the, the 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 monitors that can track you as you're running and as you're training and help you recover quicker and and the gear to to help your body have less of an impact so that you can push yourself or, 200 miles or
0: even even just the knowledge in and and I know we're on a super sidetrack right now this isn't disney really but it, this is just something that's so interesting to me the fact that you know people are saying okay, running is something that, you know, you have to lose all this weight to do. Uh, You have to be a certain body type. And now it's kind of coming out that like, no, like you should be strong too, because your body breaks down as you run. So if you're strong, you're more prepared to deal with the stresses. And, you know, the fact that mobility is now becoming kind of like big in like the fitness world too, where it's like, you know, before people only would do things that are like physical therapy related when they were, Injured. And I saw, you know, when my foot was bothering me for like a year and I went to one physical therapy session and then I did what she told me to do, how quickly that went away. And it was just mind blowing to me. And then when, you know, stumbling across mobility things and like the trainings that I've done and like Sally McRae, like if you don't know who she is, follow her on Instagram. She's just great if you're interested in anything I have to say about this at all. But, you know, talking about how you can do those mobility things. And it's basically like doing physical therapy before the injury occurs so that your body can go longer and you're not experiencing that stress That's going to break you down to the point that you're like, I can't move. I can't do any of this. I'm done. Um, So it's just, it's just fascinating. But anyway, going back to limitless, it's so cool to see how Chris Hemsworth is pushing himself, pushing himself mentally, how it kind of gets into those mental barriers of like, oh my goodness, I'm going to submerge myself in these Arctic waters and stay in there for minutes and swim to a boat. Like, again, kind of like what you said before, why, but also it is like why the answer to that is because. I want to learn how to deal with these kind of stresses because if I can do these kind of stresses, sometimes those little things that happen in life that you, that set you off, you're like, dude, I just swam through like a really cold ocean. And no, I, I still
1: say it. why for that. The dude's a movie star. <laughs> he does not need to do that. I mean, but, <laughs> why? I mean, I get, I get he wants to see what he can do and stuff, but uh, I don't think there's ever going to be a situation in his life where he needs to train for an Arctic swim um, that's gonna be like, you know what, I did that Arctic swim now. I but, think I'm okay.
0: But it is, it's a matter of you apply those concepts to the to your everyday life. You yeah. know, if I'm like I can be on a treadmill for four hours, then when I'm at work and I'm like, I am having the worst day. I like just want to get out of here. I can say, Okay, well, you know what? I'm just gonna stay on for another couple minutes. Like, you know, yeah. those that mindset translates into, you know, the stresses of your everyday life and It's just, that is so fascinating to me. So anyway, I love the show. Besides Limitless, there are a couple other shows that I really enjoy. We got two new seasons of, uh, or we got a new season of Uncharted with Gordon Ramsay where you learn about different cultures and their cuisine and he kind of immerses himself in them and then running wild with Bear Grylls if you like you know certain celebrities and a lot of times they're Disney related celebrities um, I know that there's one with Simulu it's very interesting they kind of get he gets in depth with them and and again you know it's a matter of like pushing your body and seeing what it can do my last thing that I really was excited about and I'm excited about this year is I really liked the new Hocus Pocus movie. You know, everyone always really enjoyed the first movie. I've always heard a lot about it. And then we watched it. I was a little bit disappointed because I thought that it wasn't what it should be. And I really enjoyed the second one. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was, a you know, hit a lot, ticked a lot of the boxes. The original one didn't tick for me. And again, you know, a rewatch of the first movie, it just, it's, 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 it's dated, but they updated it and made it a lot more fun of a movie. So I really just enjoyed being able to kind of partake of Hocus Pocus and enjoy it. And I like those seasonal holiday movies. Disney doesn't have a lot of Good ones, I don't think. You know, you have the Santa Claus, which is great, but like Elf does not belong to Disney. I want Disney to buy Elf. It is the best Christmas movie, and uh, Smiling is my favorite. But yeah, the, I think that that is my number five, with the honorable honorable mention of Cosmic Rewind opening up this year, January. We're hoping to be able to ride it.
1: All right, so that wraps up the show for this week. That wraps up our shows for the year. Again, we are going to be off next week. We would love to hear what our listeners' top uh Disney news item top you know event that happened for them in Disney uh, let us know over on Facebook we're enchanted ears over there or Instagram enchanted ears podcast over there we'd love to hear what everybody's kind of top memorable item is and it, you can maybe do your second one because, again, everybody's top one is probably Bob Iger coming back. So <laughs> let's hear everybody's second favorite thing uh, that happened uh, Disney-wise this year. So if you've not done so already, please leave us a rating or a review. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps, and we really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for letting us your ears. Uh, have
1: a great week, everybody. We will see you here in 2023. Happy holidays and happy new year. Bye-bye.